and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. I'm going to talk to you in a different way this morning. I'm going to talk to you as a pastor, talking to his people that he loves. Are you ready for that? I'm going to talk to you a little bit differently this morning, and you'll see what I mean by that. But uh, before we get into the service and the, uh, the rest of the, uh, the message, we, la- this past week we lost an icon in Billy Graham. Amen. Um, Billy Graham, they said, preached to over 200 million people. I can't even imagine that. 200 million people heard the gospel from that man. He broke down barriers. This man did. He preached in places that other people wouldn't have gone to preach because he didn't care about barriers. He, he wanted to break down and tear down those barriers. He, he's also known as, as America's pastor, as the world's pastor. But did you know that there was no scandal, nothing that ever touched that man? He, he's the one, as a pastor, that declared, I will not be alone with a person of the opposite sex at any time. In other words, he was a man of integrity. That's what he was known as, as a man of integrity. And I loved one quotation that he, and I've said it here often. He said this, God is my judge. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and it's my job to, con- to love. That's what he would always declare. I wholeheartedly believe that. My job isn't to convict you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Neither is it my job to judge you. That's God's job. My job is just to preach the word and to love you and to help you walk the walk. How many know that Pastor Rick's not perfect just like you? I'm not perfect. My perfect's not perfect. Far from it. But I want you to know that I love you and that everything that we do together, we do it as a family. We're trying to do the very best we can. Amen? Amen. Trying to do the very best we can. And there will be times that each of you will fall. I may disappoint you someday if I haven't already. I ask your forgiveness already if I, if I have in the past. Hopefully I don't. But, you know, I'm not perfect, just like you aren't. But together we can, we can walk with Christ. Amen? Amen? Together we can walk with Christ. And so this morning we're closing up our relationship series. It's, um, how many enjoyed the, the last few weeks? Um, and then last week we had special guest speaker Martin Aguirre who spoke in my place because I was sick last Sunday. Give him a big hand. Yeah, he spoke last week. I heard he brought passion, and, uh, and that's always great. We need passion. We need you to continue to invite people to come to the house of the Lord, reach out to people, whether it's at the health club, it's a, at the washing, at the laundromat, at, whether it's at Walmart, uh, you know, in those long lines, because you're going to be waiting at Walmart. Don't tell me you're not. You're going to be waiting at Walmart. Bug your neighbor. Hey, you going to church this Sunday? So we need to have people come in here. And before I get going as well, mark March 25th on your calendar. We'll have a special guest speaker. How many have ever heard of Dennis Gaxiola? He's a comedian slash minister. Okay. He graduated from Epic Bible School in Sacramento. Um, I've met him and he will be speaking here on that Sunday, March 25th. You will not want to miss it. I promise you. Um, he, is, he is a very gifted speaker with humor. Amen. Amen. So, again, getting back to this morning, I've titled this morning's sermon, 
relationships, divine direction. Divine direction. Look at your neighbor and tell them, divine direction. And then tell them this, it's what I need. If you're like me, I need divine direction every day of my life. And I want to speak to you on that. Not only do I want to speak to you, I want to speak into you this morning. I want to speak into you this morning. So receive this this morning. Amen? Here's what I know. That too often we choose a direction in life. We choose a path without ever, ever consulting the Word of God, without ever, ever getting on our knee and saying, Lord, is this what you want for me? Is this what you want for my family? But yet we'll choose a path, we'll make a decision, we'll begin to do things without ever consulting Him. When He knows what the very best thing is for you. How many agree with that? Amen? He created you with a purpose and a plan. I want to be able to seek him in everything I do. Not just when I go to buy a a house or or a car or any major decision is a no-brainer. You better be asking the Lord what his will is for you, for your family. Amen? If you want the very best thing, because have you figured this out? Sometimes he doesn't want you going that way. Sometimes he wants you going this way. Have you figured that out yet? And sometimes it goes against everything in your, in your soul of what you desire. But I know this, that God has the very best interest for you and I. Amen? I know that because I've seen that in my life. I've seen that in people here. I've seen that in, in hundreds of other people in my life. This morning, why don't you turn in your Bibles? We're going to read our text. There's a couple of verses, actually a few verses, found in James chapter 4. And if you'll stand with me, James chapter 4, and then I'm going to take you to 1 Peter chapter 5. But first, starting in James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, verses 7 through 10, and it's also on your outline if you have an outline. If you need an outline, raise your hand, but I think everybody's been given one. Starting in verse 7, it says the following, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Verse 10, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Now I want to go to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. 1 Peter chapter 5 and starting in verse 6. This is a parallel set of verses to go along with what we just read. Starting in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, 
will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. 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 Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, your word endures forever. It doesn't change. What you said 2,000 years ago still applies today. And Lord, I pray this morning for anointing, for your words to flow from my lips, that it will be received with a spirit of humbleness, with a spirit of love. And Father God, as you give me words this morning, I pray that your spirit of love, of humbleness would dominate in this room today. And Lord, I pray your blessings, not only in this church, but for every single congregation here in American Canyon today and in Vallejo and in Napa, surrounding communities. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be preached, would, would, the gospel would be preached today, that people would be saved, lives would be turned around. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. For your seated, look at your neighbor and tell him, God knows my name. God knows my name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. So last week, I was sick. Uh, not this past week, but the week before, during Valentine's week. I got really sick. And I, Anna mentioned to you last Sunday, I was sick. And thank you very much for the prayers. I really appreciate that. Uh, by Sunday afternoon of last week, I was feeling a lot better, so much better. And I thank you for your prayers. But during that time I was off, that tragedy, that massacre in Parkland, Florida occurred. And everybody here knows what I'm talking about. Made the news. And I don't know what it was about that particular day, that particular shooting. It really hit me. It impacted me. Maybe because I was home all day and I was glued to the TV like a lot of people were. And I was watching CNN, Fox, just going back and watching all the different reports and just realizing how tragic that was. How tragic it was. Here we are sending our kids to school. No parent should ever have to worry about sending your child to school. Amen? Amen. But evil lurks in this world. Evil exists in this world. Satan is a liar. The devil is a liar. You know that. And no matter where we go, we know that he exists in this world. We can't get away from that. But I became very angry angry, righteously angry at the enemy. How dare you, Satan, touch these innocent lives, men, women, children, that were just with their future ahead of them. How dare you? I began to just get really bothered by that. And I, you know, I internalize everything. I'm not like, you know, like I've mentioned here before, you know, I'm a typical male. We, we keep it inside, right? Don't we men? We kind of hold it in here. We don't we don't share our feelings with everybody. We don't broadcast it out there. And I'm just internalizing this and just feeling really, really sad, angry. Angry was the better term for it. Realizing that the devil's sole purpose is to kill and destroy. Not just physically, but spiritually. He'll attack you to, to kill you spiritually if he can't kill you physically. Amen? Now, I don't want to talk to you about, I'm not here to talk about gun control or any of that issue. Our country is, a, is in a big enough mess. All I know is that those style of weapons, there's really no, no use for those particular style of weapons. Now, that's a whole other story, and the, the country is in a debate about that, and it's seemingly for years now with no change. 
But how many of us here know what the root of that problem is? It's not, it's not guns. It, it, it's not even people. It's sin. Sin is the root problem. Sin dominates and infects people like this crazed young man that shot these individuals. Apparently this, this shooter, and we've all heard the stories now from social media, the warning flags were out there. Red flags everywhere upon this, this young man. Everywhere. P- cops had been called to his home. He had threatened people, put guns to their head, and nothing happened. Nothing happened. The FBI dropped the ball. The police dropped the ball. I mean, you could just see it, and, and you could see the end result. And I just want to say that real quickly before I get into the rest of this, that we as parents, as adults, we need to be looking at warning signs all around us. You parents, you have a responsibility. You have children. It doesn't matter if your child says, that's my private Facebook page. No, it's not. As long as you're living in my household, I have complete access to that. And you should be transparent, children, young people. I don't have to go and and snoop around my kids, but if I did have to, I would. I'll tell you that right now. I would. I don't have to do that, but parents, if you ever get a feeling that something's not right, raise a flag. Tell somebody. Tell a teacher. Tell a pastor. Tell law enforcement. You need to tell somebody. Amen? It starts with us that that are aware of, of things like this. See, we didn't have that growing up. As as a as an older adult now over the age of twenty nine, I didn't have you know social media. I didn't have Instagram, Snapchat, and, and all that good stuff that goes on nowadays. And there's so much evil on that. It, it was meant for a good purpose, but there's so much evil on social media, and it's all because of sin. Sin brings us down. Amen. Make sure you say something. You and I are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We're to declare God's righteousness, God's standard. We're to be the standard bearers. Amen? Amen. So this morning, I want to talk to you about divine direction. It's what we need. We need divine direction. Because I'm convinced of this. You and I don't have any idea how to do it right without God's help. There, there's a way the Bible says that seems right to a man. Have you seen that scripture before? Have you read that scripture? There's a way that seems right to us. And it leads to death. Spiritual death. Physical death. If you look back right now, you're thinking about choices you've made right now. I guarantee, I know it. You're thinking of those choices you've made that led to death. That led to something wrong going on in your life. I'm telling you right now, we need to pursue God and ask Him, Lord, is this your will for my life? Is this how I'm supposed to do it? Because I don't know how. I need your help. Amen? Amen. John 10 and verse 27, which was our scripture verse this morning that we read out loud, says the following. Jesus said this, My sheep listen to my voice. Let me say that again. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. The Bible is clearly saying that he knows our voice. When we listen to him, we follow him. We follow him. Not anybody else, not the trendsetters in this world. We follow him. Amen? Amen. See, we all have choices in this life, and that is the great joy that 
that, God, that brings to God's heart that we have choices, that we can choose Him, that we don't have to have a gun put to your head. See, God is a gentleman. He'll never put a gun to your head and say, okay, you got to walk righteously, soberly, all the days of your life, and you got to live a, a certain way for me. He'll never do that. He gives you the choice to walk in righteousness. Every one of you have that choice. We're free agents, moral free agents. We can choose whatever we want to do, but ultimately God says, do you want to follow me? Then listen to me. Listen to me. Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. Amen? I want to talk to you now about different things that will impact your life, such as experience. You can't buy experience Oftentimes when we're young, we think, well, I guess I got to go out and explore and do this and do that so that I know what it feels like, what it tastes like, what it, this and that. No. Why don't you just take a look around and look at the lives around you that have been destroyed because they partook in that, they participated in this, and make a judgment call. Make, make wisdom, use of wisdom. Amen? God gives you wisdom so that you don't have to experience what your dad experienced, what your mom experienced, what your uncle experienced. Amen? He gave you wisdom to be able to say, Lord, I see what happened there. I don't want to do that. Help me to walk right. Help me to make right choices for my family, for my children, for my grandchildren. Amen? Learn from the unfortunate decision of others. Really, that's why God placed us here on this earth, so that we can be examples to one another. There's things I can tell you that you shouldn't do that I did as a younger person. There's things that you've done that you could tell me that you shouldn't do because it's going to ruin your marriage. It's going to destroy relationships. I know that because we're human. Amen? Let me give you another example. Riches. God warns us of being so earthly minded about riches. I know people, I, I have a person in mind, and I've said this before when I talk about this subject, they're just consumed by riches, by making money, getting over on somebody at the expense of any spiritual riches. Spiritual riches are not even on their radar. It's all about earthly riches, earthly, earthly riches. But the Bible reminds us, what good is it for you to inherit everything, gain this world, make all this money, and lose your soul? What gain? None. You lose everything. Have you seen Hollywood and these rich people? They, they, they get the status of, of money, and, and, but their lives are falling apart. Lives are falling apart everywhere. Money isn't the answer. Money will never be the answer. And some of you may be saying, well, it'd be, I, I, I want to try it. Let me make that choice for myself, right? Some of you may think that. But money isn't the solution. It never will be. In fact, when you start making money, you get hunger for more money and more, and it becomes unquenchable. That thirst to, to, to make riches, to make money, financial gain, all of a sudden consumes you. How do you think those people that are billionaires got to be billionaires? They weren't satisfied when they were millionaires. They kept going. They kept going. And guess what? It's still not satisfying to them. They got to keep going. And then you got to ask yourself, well, when's enough enough? What you have today, what you have today in terms of finances, assets, is all you need. That's all you need. Amen? 
Yeah, God wants to bless you, and there's nothing wrong with riches. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can make it work with what you have today. Amen? Amen. Sit and talk with old timers and get wisdom. Do you ever sit and talk with your mama, with your papa, with your tío, your tía, your aunt, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa? And you say, hey, how did you do this? How did you overcome that? What did you have to face at that time? And when you hear these stories and realize, man, they really sacrificed. I'm not sacrificing at all. How many have heard those stories, right? My, my dad will talk our ear off of, of sacrifices of what he did. And that's a great thing. People of his generation, there were no credit cards. It was cash. It was, it, you either had it or you didn't. They loved with everything they had. They worked with everything they had. They gave with everything they had. Amen? Amen. Nowadays, we're so spoiled and pampered. We need to sit down and let old timers impart wisdom to us. Amen? So if you're going to a family gathering today, if you're going to meet around with other people today, hang out with them and say, hey, how did you get to this point in your life? What, what worked for you in this area? Let that just absorb into you. Amen? Will you do that? Amen? Amen. Amen. And then here's the other thing. You, you could be going through something right now, a challenge, a physical challenge, a spiritual challenge, a mental challenge, a, a relationship challenge. Here's what we always need to remember. Time is a healer. Everybody say that with me. Time is a healer. Time heals all wounds. It does. It really does. How many have been hurt in their past? And if you don't raise your hand, you're lying. <laughs> Because we've all been hurt. All of us. And guess what? You're not living there today. And if you are, it's only temporary. Have you ever caught yourself saying this? I'm going through whatever it is. What, did you catch that? You're going through it. You didn't say, I'm stuck here living here now forever. This is my permanent residence. No, I'm going through something. I'm going through it. Be patient and give God time to prove himself to you. Time heals all issues of life. This too shall pass. As I've heard Mother Betty say often, this too shall pass. What is it that's struggle in your, in your life today? This too shall pass. Do you have faith for that today? Are you believing that? And if you're here today and expecting life, to be fair, to, there was an old song back in the day of a rose-petaled path and so forth. And if you're expecting life to be like that, let me be the first one to burst your bubble. Because it's not. Life is not fair. You know that? Life isn't fair. Nobody promised that everything in your life was going to be hunky-dory, be perfect in your life. Nobody promised you that. God's Word does not promise you that. God can't grow you if he doesn't challenge you, we have to be challenged. And we don't run away from challenges. We stand up to that challenge and we face it face to face and we, and we fight it with his strength. Amen? Life will not always be fair, but I know someone that will be. God is always fair. In fact, he's not a respecter of persons, meaning he's not impartial to only a certain group of people. 
He's only, he's only a respecter of faith. Do you have faith to help you walk through that process? Do you have faith, whatever that challenge may be this morning that you're facing, do you have faith that God is going to be with you through that process? And then I thought I'd throw this one in just for free. Watch your diet. It has to do with a lot with your health and happiness. How many know that? Amen? Watch your diet. It has a lot to do with your health and happiness. I know a lot of grumpy, overweight people, okay? I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and I'm not even going to talk about health clubs. Okay. <laughs> Vices. All of us, if we're not careful, can get caught up into different vices. Vices can be anything from the blatant ones to simple little things that you don't realize are vices. But, but gambling is one. Gambling is a vice. Don't, don't let yourself be consumed by gambling. One of the biggest challenges that people face nowadays is the internet gambling. That's a huge, that's a billion dollar business. You don't even have to go to Reno and Tahoe and these Indian casinos to go gamble. You can do it in the privacy of your own little bedroom on your computer. You can do that, is what I've been told. I don't, I've never even looked at a site there. But addiction is what, is what happens when you get plugged into these vices, whether it's gambling, whether it's drinking, whether it's drugs. It's you're pursuing that next high. Uh, you're actually pursuing peace and contentment. You're pursuing happiness in all the wrong places, right? You're seeking it in ways that are contrary to the word of God. You'll never, ever, ever find fulfillment in a vice, whatever that may be. Amen? The desire for one more dollar, one more drink, one more snort, one more whatever, never goes away if you keep seeking that. If you keep seeking that. You have to know that God wants to give you a divine direction for your life. Not only to bless you, but to bless those around you. Amen? And it starts with prayer. This, this last week, I was just consumed with praying at home. And it really affected me. I, I was watching this video. There's a church that, I'm, that I've heard of, and I've seen videos on it. And I've seen this pastor. They've been praying nonstop in his church since 1974, 24-7. 24-7. That's a revival is what you call that. They pray 24-7. There's somebody in his church 24-7. Now, granted, he's got thousands of people in this church. It's a, it's a large church. It's in Louisiana. If you're, uh, yes, um, Louisiana. And um, at any rate, prayer, though, is where it started. It started with prayer. If you're too busy to pray, you're simply too busy. You need to rearrange your schedule if you're too busy to pray. Somebody asked me recently, you mean like you pray every day? Uh, yeah. I said, do you brush your teeth every day? That was my answer. We have to learn to pray every single day at the very minimum. Pray, pray. In fact, this preacher that I was watching, he was joking. He said that for the first few years of his life, 
he thought his first name was go and pray because that's what his mom and dad were always telling him. Go and pray. Go and pray. He thought his first name and he was just joking. That's how seriously, though, they took the word prayer or prayer, the conversation of prayer. It, ha- it starts there, church. You want to see more people coming in through these doors? We need to pray. 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 How many will join me beginning today, if you haven't already, to commit to that, to pray for more souls, lost souls, those that don't know Christ, to walk in through these doors. Amen? Will you join me in doing that? Let's pray for that. In fact, I'd love to have one day we can create a list, and someone here can do that. Create a list and have a block of time where people are praying 24 hours for just that one day. We can do that one day. I'm not saying let's pray for the next 40 years 24-7. That's not what I'm saying at all. Let's pray one day, 24 hours, and let's see if we can do that. Maybe we can do that in another week, and then another week. We can do that all year long. Wouldn't that be amazing? And watch the fruit that begins to develop because of your prayer life. Watch the fruit develop in your household. Amen? If you're too busy to pray, you're simply too busy. Acknowledge your heavenly Father is what He wants. See, the Bible tells us He's also a jealous God for your affection, for your attention. Your children are are, uh, are desiring your affection. How many remember when your children were just yay high and they want your affection? If you began to talk to your spouse and then your child was like, no, mom, I want you. Any, any women remember that? Any daddies remember that? Your, your children are desirous of your affection. God is no different. He, he desires your affection. He desires fellowship with you one-on-one. Again, he gave us that free choice. Amen? When you begin to acknowledge him, worship him, and ask him, just as Jesus prayed, let your will be done, you begin to see the blessings begin to flow in your life when you say, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. Amen? And then if you're struggling today with unforgiveness, and I've talked about this over and over and over, don't allow unforgiveness to take root in your heart. That is a, that is a nasty, nasty root of of bitterness that can grow. I know there's people here that have been hurt, possibly relationships, possibly the person you're sitting next to today. Or it could be somebody at work. It could be a relative. Don't allow that bitterness to trap you because that's what you're going to be. You're going to be a prisoner in a cell of bitterness. And there's no escape when you allow that bitterness to, to remain in your heart. You've got to begin to say, Lord, I forgive that person. I, I, I release that. And, and maybe that's you needing to go to somebody today and say, will you please forgive me for this? I've held this too long in my heart. And God will forgive you. He'll release you. And you may not even be the person in the wrong. But you're the person that's taking the high road and saying, Lord, I want your blessings. I want to be released from this prison of bitterness. Amen. We need to be set free. Amen. Ask God for forgiveness and be willing to forgive others. I've said this before. Not only do you need to ask for forgiveness, I need to go to that person and say, I need you to forgive me. Will you forgive me? That's much different than saying, I'm sorry. I won't do that again. But I need you to say, I need you to forgive me. 
That's it, powerful, dynamic when you say it and express it that way. How many know it's all in the packaging, how you package your words, right? You can push someone away or you can draw them to you depending on how you package your words. Pray that God will keep you from the evil that exists in this world. Do you pray a hedge of protection over your family before you leave your house? If you haven't, if you're not doing that, you need to begin to do that today. Pray a hedge of protection over me, Father, over my family. I also pray that he would deliver you from the temptation to sin. Every one of us are tempted by sweets back there. That senorita bread has my name all over it. But I know I got to be careful with that. That's a temptation to me. For you, it may be something else. Jesus, again, the model prayer said, Lord, deliver us from temptation. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and the King James, it says it this way. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God will, with the temptation, provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it or may be able to bear it, I think is how it says in the NIV. So when I go back there and I see that white box, all of a sudden God puts somebody right in front of me and I start talking to them and my eyes get off of that, get distracted. God works that way. But if I never pray and ask him, Lord, keep me from temptation, I'm going straight for him, a beeline, get out of my way, get out of my way. I got I to gotta have my senorita bread. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's making light of it, but that's how we... T- how we see sometimes sin, we, oh, it's no big thing. It's no big thing. Yes, it is a big thing. It will suck you in. Amen? It will, it will ruin your life. Instead, pray for wisdom. Pray for discernment. Pray for the things that will help you in making decisions. Don't just make a decision. It's the worst thing you can do. And then after that, Always, 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 if you're praying to God and asking them for something, don't forget to give them thanks and praise. Thank you, Lord, for giving me an answer. Thank you, Lord, for walking with me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me that scripture, that word that I can hold on to, that I can trust in for this need. Amen? Along with the vices that I mentioned earlier, pornography and sex-based websites, I would normally just say men, but it's a... For women as well. It's a, it doesn't matter who you are. you got to stay away from that stuff. That stuff is addicting. Addicting. It's easily accessible. <clears throat> if you have a smartphone, parents, parents, if, you have a, if your child has a smartphone, they have full capability of that unless there's some filters on there. Uh, you know, back in the day, I, you know, you got to watch out for that. you got to watch out for that. Because we didn't have any of that growing up. But now every child has it on their smartphone. You have that capability of, of looking at all this junk that will entrap you. It's just like any addiction, drug or alcohol. The more, the more you see, the more you partake, the more you want. And then all that does is just desensitize you to what real true love is that God created between a man and a woman. Amen? It, it, it desensitizes you to all of that. We have to learn to lay those things down at the cross, whatever that addiction may be. And you say, Lord, I leave this here at the cross. I nail it to the cross, Lord. I don't want it. I'm sick of it. It's destroying me. I want a new life. What did Jesus say? He came to make you a new creation. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Amen? Are you claiming that for your life today? And then, let me ask you this question this morning. Do you have standards? You know, that's, that's a, kind of an unusual question to ask of people, but not in church, really. Do you have standards? In other words, do you know where your line is? Every one of us should have a line drawn in the sand somewhere, or mentally, figuratively, you should have a line that, okay, I can't cross that line. I can come right up to it, but I'm already in dangerous ground right here, but I can't go past that line. Whatever it is in relationships, one of mine is, I won't be alone with another woman of the opposite sex by myself. I have to respect that line. That's my line. I, I can't because I, I don't want anybody to ever say anything. Well, I saw that Pastor Rick and he was by himself with some female. No, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. My wife's going to be there. My daughter's going to be there. Somebody else will be there, I promise you. Whatever that line is for you, do you have one? Do you have a standard? If not, we need to check ourselves and begin to ask, Lord, Help me to have a standard that I can hold on to, that I can live, amen? That I can live righteously, soberly in this, in this evil world that we live in. See, you don't have to lower your standards or change to fit into this world because this world has no standards if you look around. They have no standards. Anything goes. Anything goes. You name it, it goes. But you're a called out child of the king. The Bible says you're a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. Amen? You're created in his image. Now we, got, we need to march like that. We need to walk like that. You're not like the world. God brought you out of the world to be different, to stand out, to be salt, to be light. If we fit right in with him, as has been mentioned in our Bible studies, there wouldn't be enough evidence to convict you in a courtroom that you're a believer. Amen? Amen. You are a believer living for Almighty God. Remember that. Remember that. Don't let your passion for, for politics, especially nowadays, we, we can get caught up in answering that person that has a differing opinion and you get caught up into the, all that nonsense. God doesn't care if you're Democrat or Republican or Libertarian. He doesn't care. He really doesn't. His agenda isn't about any of that. There's one preacher in Sacramento, Sammy Rodriguez, that says, our agenda isn't the, the bull or the, uh, the, the, the elephant. Um, uh, it, it, it's the lamb, the lamb's agenda. It's all about the lamb. That's really where it's at. So don't get caught up in in, well, this guy believes in that and that person believes in that and, and firing back, that's the devil's way of getting at you and stirring you all up over nothing. Amen? Stirring you up over nothing because then that's how differences arise and, and breakups happen. But at the end of the day, remember this, people, family is the most important thing you have. You have God. If you're married today, you have your spouse and you have your children. It's in that order. Family is the most important thing you have Amen. at the end of the day. Amen, Mother Betty? Amen. Amen. You're a believer in Almighty God. Love is first. Disagreements are always secondary. Married couples, love is first. Disagreements are always secondary. We can work through 
our issues. And I'll just throw this in. A year from now, you're comp- contemplating decisions, choices. A year from now, I want you to be able to tell yourself, I did everything possible to make this work. I did everything humanly possible and with God's help to make this work. Because what you can't do is a year from now saying, oh man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. And then you're kicking yourself because now your world's falling all apart. Amen? The Bible tells each of us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made in the book of Psalms. Each one of you say that with me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. There's nobody like you. And that's just incredible to me. We see people that kind of look like us. There's identical twins. But none of you have a set of fingerprints like anybody else in this world. That to me just is so amazing. God has so much diversity in this world. He created you uniquely. Nobody will ever have a set of fingerprints like my brother Wayne. Nobody will. Right there. Or like mine. Nobody will. God loves you. He's, what he's saying is you're unique. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. That's not by accident. It's to remind you every day of how much he loves you. Amen? You're a chosen generation again. You're a royal priesthood. Lord, help us to live like it. Amen? Help us to live like it. Read your Bible every day. And, and some of you, I know you don't like to read, but you can plug it in on a, on a, on a what do you call it, on an app. You can plug it in on an app and listen to it in your car while you're working out, while you're running, while you're on the bike, while you're walking. You can turn it on, amen? Let the Word of God speak into your life. If you don't ever have the Word of God speaking into your life and you're wondering why things aren't working out, what can I tell you? Let the Word of God speak into your life. It will cleanse your soul, your spirit, your heart, and it will give you divine wisdom, revelation for your life. Amen? Amen. I want to read a couple more scriptures as I get ready to close. One is found in Micah in the Old Testament. The book of Micah, chapter 6 and verse 8, says the following. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. What is our job as human beings? What is it? It's to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. That's all he asks of you. He's not asking any more than that. We don't come to church to do a religious duty We don't just come, you might as well just go to the Elks Club, Moose Club. You fill in the club. (coughs) We come to be the person God created us to be. Amen? That's why we come to church. That's why we come to Bible study. And then when you do that, then blessings begin to flow in your relationships. Blessings begin to flow in your life, in your career. How many have found that to be true? Amen? Amen? Amen. And Ecclesiastes... In the Old Testament, chapter 12, verses 13 through 14, says the following. 
Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God. It doesn't just make sure that you understand this, right? It's not saying be scared of him, be afraid of him. It's meaning honor him, respect him, respect God. Far too many people disrespect God. There, there's comedians out in this world. There's, there's TV shows that will diss on God. We need to turn that junk off. We need to honor God, fear the Lord, amen, and keep his commandments. That is our duty, the Bible says. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing. There's nothing hidden from the Lord, amen. His eyes see everything, whether good or evil. You know who I really honor? Are people that do great things and don't ever seek acknowledgement of it. Don't ever seek recognition. Brother Ed Miller was a man like that. He was a great man like that. He would do great and wonderful things unbeknownst to a lot of people. In fact, at his funeral service, Mother Betty discovered so many things about him that she never even knew that he was doing within the state of California nationally in his job, in his career. He didn't seek acknowledgement. Neither should you and I. God again will bring every work into judgment, whether good or evil. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly, honor God, and keep His commandments. Every one of us. Amen? And then in closing, why don't we be like Billy Graham and make a deposit into this world? You see, he made a huge deposit. A huge deposit. And he's now reaping his reward up in heaven. He's reaping his reward in heaven. You can pass along a smile. Pass along a hug today. Tell someone, hey, can I pray with you? I noticed you're a little down. Can I just say a prayer for you? Encourage someone today. That's how you make a deposit. One day at a time. And build that. What you're doing is building up your spiritual bank account. (coughs) God honors that. Amen. God honors that. Pass along your faith. Tell the story of Jesus to those that don't know Jesus. Whether they're small or tall, big, small, skinny, round, pink, blue, black, white, it doesn't matter. Tell them all. Amen? Tell them all. May God truly bless your life. That's what this pastor wants for each of you. But we need to have standards of righteousness. We need to walk in His righteousness. We need to walk according to the, to the laws, the, the statutes that He's left us in His Word. Amen? We need to pray. We need to humble ourselves. Let's close our eyes this morning. I want to say a prayer for you. After this prayer, I want to invite you up here. If you want to pray, come on up to the altar. I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. But Heavenly Father, Lord, we heard your word this morning. You desire us to live for you. And I pray, Father, that it start with us listening to your word, listening to the path, the plan that you have for us. Sometimes that's not easy, Lord, because our spirit, our natural man, woman, wants to pull and go in so many different ways. But Lord, you know the best plans for us. 
And if you have the best plans for us, how can we go wrong? So Lord, I pray, grant us wisdom, discernment to make choices that will glorify you and that will bring blessing into my life. Father, I I don't want to blow decisions, make bad choices, because I know what happens when I do that. I pray, Father, give me wisdom, give me direction. And Father, as, as I do that, I know you're forever faithful because you love me and you love everyone here in this place today. So Father God, I pray your blessing upon every person here today. I pray that, Lord, that you would help them. Whatever it is they're going through, whatever it is they're facing, that you would give them strength, that you would be their courage, that you would remind them how much you love them, that they are not walking alone through this, that no matter how bad that temptation might be, that you are there to help them go through that, to endure it. Because, Lord, you're strengthening our character. You're helping us, strengthening us so that one day we might be a witness to somebody else facing that exact same challenge. So, Father, I pray your blessings of strength. I pray your blessings of love upon everyone here today. And, Lord, I pray right now as we close and as we lift up our voices to you this morning, that, God, that you would honor us and and grant us your wisdom. Grant us discernment this morning. Grant us divine direction, Father. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.